Hello, welcome to the Creative Writing Life podcast. I'm Justin Sloan. And I'm Paul Zeidman. And Justin, I'll let you introduce our guest today. Hello. Today we have my buddy, Chad Allende. Did I say that right? Hey, that was absolutely perfect, Justin. <laughs> one of the few people to pull it off the right way. So thank you. For I was that. like, I'm going to mess it up now. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. There we go. Uh, so Chad and I met through the WGF, the Writers Guild Foundation Veterans Writing Project. Uh, we didn't know each other before that, right, Chad? That's correct. We came across each other in there in a, a little networking event that you and I set up for ourselves, I think, in time. Yeah, and we have had uh, one guest on who went through it the year before us, and then Paul and I chatted about it briefly, but I figured it'll be fun to chat with you about it as well, because why not have more perspectives, but also, of course, about how your military uh, background has helped you in this writing world and that you've done some comic stuff and uh, whatever else you've done. So we figured we can cover all of that. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. Cool. Uh, before we do, uh, we often do this, what have you been watching, reading, listening to, whatever? If you've been enjoying some kind of media that you just want to give a shout out to. So Paul and I could start. And then if you want to think of something and if you don't have something, that's okay too. That sounds uh, fantastic. Paul, do you have anything to kick us off today? Uh, let me see. I know uh, I just finished watching uh, The Princess on Hulu because I'd heard good things about it. Um, I also, I'm connected to the two writers on social media, but I mean, they're not like not, we're not best friends or anything, and they probably wouldn't know me if I said, hey, it's me. Uh, but it was, it was a really fun, enjoyable 90-minute uh, uh, take on a story. It's the, I think their pitch was Rapunzel combined with The Raid. So kind of like a kick-ass warrior princess has to work her way down the tower to uh, stop, a, <laughs> stop a marriage and stop the bad guy, et cetera, et cetera. But it was a lot of fun, and uh, it's, it's kind of like a definite new twist on an old kind of story and really enjoyable. Um, not for the kids, but, uh, <laughs> but it's still fun. Cool. Uh, I will say I started watching uh, the show Genlock. Have you guys seen that one? It's on HBO. I haven't had a chance to check it out. Yeah, I guess no. it's created by or starring or something Michael B. Jordan. And it's, you know, sci-fi with nanotech and mechs and all that kind of fun stuff. So if you're into kind of the books that I write, then you probably would like this show. I want to say that. Uh, Chad, how about you? You got anything for us? Yeah, absolutely. So I have been dug into season three of Paramount Plus's uh, Evil, uh, which was put oh. together by uh, the husband and wife combo of Robert Michelle King. Um, a very sleek and uh, impressive, uh, impressive project about like a world where uh, demons exist. And uh, it actually follows a woman who is, uh, she's like a psychologist who is trying to debunk a lot of like uh, demonic cases. And she partners up with an aspiring uh, priest by the name of uh, David Acosta. And together they form this ragtag bunch of individuals who are fighting against supernatural forces all the while kind of battling back uh, in, as it pertains to their faith along the way. It's a, it's a really smooth uh, project that's out there. Awesome. Sounds fun. And so, yeah, now let's dive into who you are. So uh, I mentioned a couple of things, but there's much more to you. Do you want to give us a quick uh, bio, a quick introduction to who you are? Yeah, certainly. So, uh, so I am a, uh, I started out, uh, I guess, as a college wrestler who uh, had a pretty significant injury and uh, ran out of money and decided to join the military. So I joined up with the army in 2008, I believe. Oh, I'm sorry. It was 2004 in 2004. 
Um, from there, I was deployed to Iraq twice. Uh, had a great opportunity to meet some amazing people along the way and spent 12 full years in as an infantry soldier. Um, what was really cool about my time there is that I found this really amazing uh, tapestry of artists and creators within the, the, the uniform. And so during my time there, one of the things that became very important to me was figuring out my own way to kind of highlight some of those voices and work uh, with friends and partners along the way. So what I did is I linked up with a really close friend of mine, uh, by a guy by the name at the time of uh, Staff Sergeant uh, Robert Belleville, and we co-founded a company called Battleborn Comics, creative content forged from combat, which uh, kind of had a mission statement of uh, opening aspiring or uh, entertainment industry inroads for aspiring veteran creators was sort of our uh, focus and function in the beginning. Um, what was challenging about that was it was on my way out of the military, uh, where we were smashed with the pandemic. And so when the pandemic hit, it kind of created a, a strange uh, situation for an upstart comic book studio, which is essentially what we were doing. Uh, we were indie publishing um, our first title, uh, Half No Fury, uh, which is a pretty cool concept that we put together, uh, heavily inspired by Neil Gaiman's American Gods projects. And uh, as, as we were kind of trying to build that out, uh, when the pandemic hit, it sort of knocked out the Comic-Con scene, our ability to really get out there and network and get the name out the way that we wanted to. And so we, we made the determination to pivot. And that pivot uh, is actually what led me down the path of screenwriting. Um, and entering into a couple of competitions early in the process, I actually won uh, best screenplay in the first two or three competitions that I linked up for. And uh, one of those was the uh, Flip the Script filmmaking competition um, in Chicago, Illinois, where I had my opportunity to uh, actually direct my first uh, movie short, which was based off of a script that I put together called uh, Chapter and Hearse, The uh, Misadventures of the Mob's Most Mediocre Assassin. And uh, so, so with that, I, that kind of just rode some of that momentum into uh, the actual uh, screenwriting space. And that was essentially what led me into uh, your path along the way with the Veterans Writing Project. I feel like I've probably lived about a million lives <laughs> over time, but, uh, but I feel pretty good uh, about where I am today. We recently relocated from Alabama um, out to the Los Angeles area. So I live right around the Burbank space now. That's great. Awesome. I couldn't find my unmute button. <laughs> it's like, where'd that thing go? Uh, my screen is too big for me. Uh, yeah. So I want to dive into the the Med Veterans Project first, and then I'm sure okay. Paul, will, Paul will probably have questions about comics and all these other things. So uh, cool. But yeah, so Veterans Project. So what were your main takeaways from this? You know, we've already covered in previous episodes what it's about, but feel free to give a quick uh, summary as well. But then like, what was your main takeaways. I'm going to say mine was theme and we can dive into that as to, as well later, but uh, let's hear what yours were. Certainly. So I'd say the first of those things was probably process. Um, one of the things that I kind of found with the screenwriting space is that I came in as a, as a virtual, I know nothing. I, I spent a fair amount of time because I do research a lot. I, I spent a fair amount of time breaking down and reading scripts. I spent a fair amount of my time doing YouTube research, but, but one of the things that I recognized was that uh, working with the mentors that we had in the Veterans Writing Project, these are people who actually have experience writing for television or currently active uh, writers on, on projects. Something that I found was like they have a very distinct process that is present within 
every single thing that they do uh, when, when it comes to the, the writing portion of, of their operation. And so uh, that was something that I really took away because for me, I have always kind of been the, the, the starving artist, like I'm inspired, so I'll write today type of guy. And getting an opportunity to see, like, before they ever even put pen to paper, they, they were going through the beat sheeting process and and some of the things that they put together there. And, hey, that we'll carve away at these beats for three months before we ever put something on paper uh, if we don't believe in the beats as they come along the way. Um, process was probably my biggest and, and, and most impactful piece that I took from that because it changed the way uh, that I kind of break my stories in the beginning now. And it really has benefited me significantly. Uh, and the pilot that I've been working on through that program and still now to this day, uh, my This is America project. Um, additionally, I would say that it was pretty impressive to get a working understanding for the importance of your peers within this industry. Um, one of the things that our mentors really harped heavily on is you're going to open up a pretty broad network along the way, and you will find some people in some higher ranking positions that may be able to help guide you along the way. But if your sole focus is I'm going to find the, the showrunner or director of project A, B, or C, and I'm going to hound them until they let me on set, that's probably not going to be the most uh, advantageous route into the industry. Uh, one of the things that they had said is like, you have so many friends at your level, peers that are currently working as assistants somewhere that you never know where they're going to end up in two, three to five years. And so if you really look to the people that are sitting to your left and right, very similar to our experiences in the military, it's the ones that are kind of in the foxhole with you that you may uh, find are going to be the most valuable for you along the way. And so I think that has really been a heavy piece of uh, my, my what I've been trying to do since I've been out there uh, in Los Angeles now is partner up with people uh, that are like minded, uh, but at my level and uh, hopefully see if we as uh, as a package can grow into something really special over time. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think we met a lot of cool people in there. I've been connecting with a couple who went on from that to do this Netflix program that I'm in right now. So yeah. we're forming a nice little writing group out of that as well. And uh, great context. I also agree with you about that. It was very nice to be able to slow down and like, like you said, focus on those beats for like three months. I'm so not that kind of person by nature. And I'm forcing myself to do that on this next project I'm working on now. And then, like <laughs> I mentioned theme, like I'm really diving into this and like getting into the whole thesis, antithesis synthesis thing that Craig Mazin talks about on this script notes podcast episode and great books like uh, my story can beat up your story. But uh, Paul, did you want to jump in before I uh, barrage Chad? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I'm uh, as Justin mentioned, uh, I'm I'm probably the more uh, I don't know comics oriented uh, questioning. So, okay, so I'm I'm trying to think back to uh, your your very lengthy <laughs> backstory. Uh, okay, so you started up uh, was it so it was a just a comic producing studio type of thing, and then yep. uh, were you able to publish anything, or is that when lockdown started? Uh, that, so that's correct, Paul. We we were actually able to publish our first three issues of ha our Half No Fury series. Okay. Um, it is a a, a story that is we're, we're working on a twenty seven issue series that we hope to be a graphic novel in time. Uh, but but right now it's uh, we've got the first three issues out there. Issue one, Wings and a Whisper. Issue two, uh, Lion Among Men, and issue three, Hellbound. It is a story of a recovering heroin addict who stumbles across a drifter he believes is uh, actually a guardian angel, but that character turns out to be the devil in time. Uh huh. Okay. So, uh, what's the name of your studio? 
Uh, so we are called Battleborn Comics uh, with a tagline of creative content forged from combat. Oh, okay. And is there a website? Uh, we sure do have one, www.battlebornecomics.com. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, we'll try to include a link or at least we'll have people, uh, we'll reference it here so people can at least check it out there. That's really cool. So, um, so what was it? So I, so it sounds like kind of like lockdown kind of like, uh, kind of put the brakes on production or were you still able to do things or did it, did it just take longer? Yeah, I think I think from a timeline perspective, it got a little bit challenging for for us because we this is something that we had we had never done before. We we were kind of building the plane in flight, mm-hmm. and so you know one of the visions that we had for Battleborn Comics very early in the process was we wanted every single aspect of every single piece of work that we put on paper to be touched by a veteran or someone who was actively serving in uniform. And so we almost created a bit of a constraint for ourselves um, in, in establishing that framework. And I think that's why we only have three issues of any project out right now uh-huh. uh, is, is because it, it, became to get, it began to get a little bit challenging um, tracking down uh, people who are going to be capable of meeting time hacks within the framework of everything that was going on. Like my lead, uh, my lead art director, um, who still serves in uniform, actually had his entire family, two sons and wife fall ill with COVID mm. all simultaneously. And he was overseer of uh, of the entire development process once it went from script into uh, pencils, inks, uh, lettering, uh, and uh, color. And so that uh, that greatly slowed down our process. And uh, so, yeah, I, I would say that uh, we still are active. We still are working uh, toward putting projects together. I have uh, scripts for about four additional comic titles that we have outside of the Half New F- No Fury series right now uh, that we've been piecing our way through. Um, but it, we're just we, we don't really have an established timeline for what's coming out next quite yet. Okay. Okay. I, I totally get that. I, I was, I was curious, like, so things are slowly getting back to normal. So I, I wanted to find out what is your, what is the plan? I mean, are you going to try to slowly ramp up production a little bit? Are you reaching out to more artists and writers trying to, I guess, expand the catalog? That, that is exactly what's happening. And, and additionally, I think we, we've also, uh, with my transition into the script writing space, we've taken a couple of those projects and, uh, and attempted to put at least some pilots together for like television screenwriting uh, type deal. Uh, so we've been working our way through some of that as well and just kind of seeing how many different irons we can put in the fire uh, to continue to grow the project and product. Okay, so I have one more question, then I'll toss it back to Justin. So, I mean, so how has that been going, I guess, because with a lot of pitching that you can do for projects, a lot of those now are being done via Zoom. So have you been able to start making some progress or seeing some headway on on all of those projects? I mean, are you getting to reach out to people or people getting in touch, say, I, I heard about this or I, I saw this and wanted to find out more? Yeah, absolutely. We've had we've actually had a couple of um, early dialogue conversations with some indie producers that wanted to work on putting the Half No Fury series into like an independent format, um, obviously handling the budgeting and things at our level. Um, we have pushed that project out into the ether in a couple of spaces. Um, and then we also have a, a secondary project called Subpar, which is um, it, it is. Uh, a world where superheroes are summoned via digital application, almost like an Uber service uh, with a young kid who's been hiding powers because he's bullied all the time. 
and he eventually becomes the one-star hero who goes to save the five-star hero when he's kidnapped <laughs> by some bad guys. So we've been looking at that as an animated project. It actually won us a couple of uh, awards as a script um, with the uh, Blast Off Festival off in Los Angeles. And so we, we are hoping that we can get at least half no fury and, and subpar out there um, on, on TV at some point in time. Well, sound great. Uh, that I got to say, the uh, the one star saving the five stars. That's a great concept. That's a fantastic pitch. Thank you very much. Yeah, I love it. Uh, so I know a lot of people debate the the issue of moving to L.A. And since you recently did it, uh, what is your take so far? What are you enjoying? What are you finding complicated? I know you had some reservations to begin with, too. So if you want to hit on those, you can. Yeah, I did. I did indeed. And, and I'll tell you, as a as a man at a bit of an accelerated age, I'm, I'm going to be 38 this year. And, so old. Uh, so old. <laughs> I've got no comment about that one. <laughs> well i find myself kind of going you know is this is this that the the dreaded midlife crisis that they talk about yeah, yeah, people yeah. <laughs> happen at some point when you you pick up your life and you you make a transition a drastic transition out west um especially when you start hearing and, and i this has not been my experience but but what i had heard a lot of was hey the la scene is is is, is dwindling and a lot of uh, people are picking up and moving off to Texas and Austin is going to become the new space and Atlanta's got its hub that's coming up. And so LA is going to lose a bit of its power. Uh, I'm not seeing that. Like I I've spent a little bit of time in Texas. I've spent a fair amount of time in Atlanta and, and coming to uh, LA, it feels as, as hustly and bustly as it ever has to me. And so I do feel like I have placed myself within an ecosystem coming out to Los Angeles that will expedite the process of getting your work in front of people, as well as uh, uh, enabling you to surround yourself with a litany of resources that that can put you ahead of the curve in a lot of cases. Um, when you're walking out in a coffee shop and every single time you step foot in there, you're looking at 10 other people that are writing scripts. You're looking at one or two actors who may stop to have a conversation with somebody. This is not what you find anywhere else in the U.S., I don't, I don't believe. And so, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly excited about the decision that I've made uh, to come out there. The expenses are a challenge. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, to go from, you know, being a what I felt like was a full-fledged adult with a, with a nice home and a backyard and, and, a, and a life along those lines to then come out and at least in my first year, you know, have to set up and now I'm going to get a couple of roommates and try and get the lay of the land and figure out the, the landscape here so that I have an ability to uh, decisively move from objective to objective. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, it's not been the the, the, the most fun in the world, but I think it's a sacrifice that's worth taking along the way. Yeah. Actually, I, I want to throw in a real quick question. So what, what would you say is the best thing you've learned or found about living in Los Angeles that's not connected to writing or the industry? Best thing that I have experienced or learned. Uh, it, would, it could be one or one or both. You know, like yeah. what if someone said, like, you know, how do you like living there? And you could say it's great, but you know, but my question is like from the the Chad point of view, not the Chad the writer, but Chad the person. Absolutely. So I so I absolutely love the I, I have not ever been in a place where I've gotten to spend the amount of time 
just enjoying the uh, environment. Like I live close enough to go hike up mountains, like right around the corner from me. I can then drive 30 minutes and I'm, I'm sitting on the beach and uh, where people can go surfing. Like it is I, where I'm positioned. I feel like uh, it, it's amazing to just get out and like it, just experience the world. I have always been kind of had the reputation as a workaholic. I, I lock myself up in my bear cave and I get up early in the morning, I get a workout in and then I go right to work and I'll work until it's dark. If someone doesn't pull me out or spoon feed me uh, <laughs> my actual lunches, um, I, I've always been a constant grinder. And so this is the first place where I have taken in probably my entire adult life where I have taken the time to step outside and go, wow, it's beautiful. I have, I have an orange tree and a lemon tree in the backyard of the home that I live at right now. And uh, to go out there and just sit down and relax on occasion is something that I feel like it's, it's teaching me lessons uh, in remaining in the moment and not consistently being focused on my future. Um, while driving toward that future, I think there is a way to, to really appreciate the things that are sitting right in front of you. And Cali is such a beautiful place that makes that a heck of a lot easier uh, than Huntsville, Alabama ever did. <laughs> Don't forget the snowboarding in the opposite direction too, or skiing, if you must. <laughs> <laughs> the options are, they're, they're limitless. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with you hundred percent. Like I was just in San Francisco, so it's not that big of a you know distance in terms of ge geographics, but in terms of living here and being surrounded by huge billboards for movies and everywhere you go, people are like, oh yeah, I work as an editor in film. I work as a writer. I do this and that. It's, it's amazing. It That's blows right. my mind in terms of just inspiring me. I know how other people might get uh, intimidated by that, like what my buddies was mentioning, but uh, you know, it, it depends on your personality, but I find it very inspiring. Um, Certainly. So I wanted to ask you, how have you been able to leverage it? Have you been, have you been finding any resources that you recommend to people in terms of, I don't know, maybe finding networking events or just ways to get yourself out there? So I am still in the process of, uh, of leveraging many of my contacts from the Veterans Riding Project. And that, that has really been, for me, at least at this point, my mentors in that program were absolutely amazing. Like, Huge shout out to, to Eli Edelson, Christina Walker, and Craig Sweeney. Like the three of them were such unbelievable assets during the program. And now that the program has ended, those efforts have not stopped. Uh, they are consistently sending out job postings and listings for our entire group uh, to try to apply to. Um, I have now been introduced to three uh, very talented working screenwriters through Eli Edelson, um, and I actually have a coffee next Friday to sit down with uh, one of them who works on Motherland Fort Salem on Hulu, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I had a great opportunity to sit down with Mr. Will Watkins uh, two weeks ago, I believe it was. And this man is a, an absolute wealth of knowledge. This was all, these are all have been Zooms along the way, um, just Zoom sessions. But there are a lot of people out there who are actively in the industry that do want to help see the next generation of person, uh, next generation of creator come up within the ranks. And so uh, it, it's been amazing to have some of those resources kind of pointed in my direction. Um, awesome. I also got to attend uh, through a couple of mutual friends, peers, a couple of mutual friends, uh, the uh, Mike uh, Gallo 
um, Send Help. He just released his his new piece, uh, Send Help, uh, recently, and I got to attend their rap party. So I made some great contacts there. And uh, within that, one of the things that I think is has been incredibly, where I've been very blessed is um, I have some great friends, but then I always try to make myself an asset in every single circle that I walk into. And so uh, I think in meeting a lot of these people for the first time, I'm, I've always tried to um, provide some some semblance of, uh, of of help to them if it's possible. And so they really seem to gravitate toward having long term conversation uh, with me for that reason. And, and it's 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 been great, man. Like I I can't thank the people that have invested the time in me enough. Awesome. Sweet. I have one last one and I'll see if Paul has any more. And so mine is about script reading. I don't know if you're ready to mention who you read for or not, but regardless, I know that you're reading some scripts. And so I felt like maybe that's something you want to share your information on. Do you, do you enjoy the process? Are you learning from it? Do you advise other people? Try it as well. So, so I'm, I'm learning a significant amount from that. So I, I am currently a reader. Um, I, I'm not a hundred percent certain I'm allowed to throw out a hundred percent who it is at the yeah, moment. Don't worry about it then. It's, but, it's uh, cool. but I do know that, um, that I am a reader right now and I can tell you because I have a spreadsheet sitting right here and pull it up really quickly because in the last it's been short period of time now uh <clears throat> sorry so take it just a second I just want to give you a real quick breakdown I I have read uh 43 scripts 4470 pages of other creators content and uh within that i am there, there are some things that i think are incredibly important to to discuss one of which is when i first started this i thought the concept of authentic voice was a gatekeeper term to keep people from being able to actually like make any progress in the business but there is one million percent such a thing as an authentic voice that bleeds through a page. And, uh, and I have, I've only seen in all the scripts that I've read thus far, I've only seen a few of those, um, which, which it, it, it kind of goes two ways. One, it lets me know that the field from people that are working, the people that are not working in this industry, the field is not nearly as, uh, broad as what I thought it was. I thought there were like, a bunch of great writers and then some average ones and then some like maybe not so good ones. What I'm finding is that the vast majority of the people that are within this framework are all writing kind of in a very similar vein, uh, not from a content perspective, but from a just actual physical words on page perspective. Mm. They all follow or most follow uh, the rules of of the Blake Snyder Save the Cats. They, they try to make sure that they hit all the uh, specific beats along the way. And, um, but those few scripts that break some of those rules, they really have stood out to me in a major way. And so one of the things that I hope to do, um, with some of the projects that I'm going to be continuing to work on, uh, is I really want to try and break outside that mold of the uh, direct scientific structure of what so many of us are being taught, uh, for the people that are going through screenwriting schools or screenwriting courses, uh, or anything like that. Uh, because I feel like it'll it, it'll allow your work to stand out a little bit more significantly. Yeah, that's my big goal this year too. Is like stand out. Like I've been getting that same kind of feedback where it's like you're, it's a good script, but what makes it stand out? What makes it scream to the reader? This has to be bought right now and made. That's right. 
So I feel you. Um, and also on that reading note, we, Paul and I both have done some reading and uh, have our, our complaints about the process. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, did you have anything else to wrap us up? Uh, I think it really comes down to, Chad, um, I guess curious uh, because you've talked about uh, some of your projects, some of the things you've worked on. So what are the types of things that you just like to write? If someone said, you know, what, what, what's your specialty or what, what writing do you really gravitate towards? What would you say? And, and that's a great question, Paul. And, and probably at this point in my career, I, sh I should have an idea of what that is. But at the moment, my my projects have kind of jumped all over the place. I, I have played around with a little bit of dark comedy. I have I have two dark comedy scripts that I've worked my way through that I've been. I, I've had fun writing them, depending on the situation or circumstance I've been, I was in. I've had uh, a, an animated adventure that I've written. Uh, and then beyond that, most everything else is kind of a dark, gritty uh, the boys style of work. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a big, uh, Garth Ennis fan. Uh, and so I, I do probably tend to lean toward the gritty drama, but some of the, uh, some of the feedback I'm getting here in the moment is that, uh, dark gritty drama is, unless it's got some pretty solid, strong names attached to it, don't, doesn't really seem to be what's in the zeitgeist at the moment. Mm -hmm. And so, um, okay, I'm, I'm just I'm just gonna interject real quick. Um, yeah, certainly. I don't necessarily know if I agree with that. Okay. That uh, there are some things that I guess they kind of ebb and flow. But certainly. I think if the writing is solid enough, uh, no matter what the genre or how it's presented, if it's a good enough writing sample, that certainly. it will definitely get you noticed. So I mean, if dark and gritty is what you like, hey. You know, dive into it head first and you know don't hold back because Absolutely. a lot because because it might not be right for one person but another person be might be hey this is exactly what i'm looking for so you know it just you know let what chad wants to do <laughs> guide yeah. you not kind of like <laughs> oh this is this is what's big right now i, I love that feedback <laughs> because you you uh you have a couple of small doors shut and, and you do kind of go well maybe i should reinvent the entire wheel once something like that happens and I think some of this is uh, winning the war of attrition and remaining consistent. So you're 100% right in that. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I just say, too, it's, like, it's about getting noticed, right? I've actually been kind of leaning more into that kind of stuff, the dark and the gritty. Uh, yeah. Because I feel like that's where my voice shines. And as while I could write other screenplays good, it's better to lean into what I could do great so that somebody will take notice. Um, Certainly. Yeah. And I actually know a couple of studios that are looking for gritty. So if you have something, we can chat and see if we want to pass one over there. Yeah. Uh, and then one of the things that I found is that uh, reading scripts, you can really tell when the writer like really is into it, into the material, uh, maybe the genre or just the writing itself, because it's reflected on the writing uh, that you're seeing on the page, because you can read one script and it's kind of boring and, and the writing is kind of flat. But then you read another one where the writing's really exciting and it moves and it crackles. and even in no matter what the genre is that if it really, I don't know, conveys the tone and the vibe of the genre, then that you're already a few steps ahead of other people. Certainly. Yeah. That's All awesome. Right. Cool. Uh, anything else, Paul? No, no, this was great. This is some fascinating stuff. Yeah. Chad, do you want to leave any last bits of advice for aspiring writers who are maybe a step or two behind you? Yeah, I'd say I'd say regardless of what happens out there, you know, continue to follow the dream. And I would also say that planning and preparation is really the thing that leads to to mission accomplishment. If 
if you know the path that you're on, the direction that you want to head, I think that really is a great North Star to keep looking toward um, along the way, because this is one of those places that um, you're going to see some successes. You're going to see some failures, probably a lot of early failures along the way. Um, but if you can stay true to that, that true North uh, in the direction that you're pushing, uh, you, you'll you'll get there in time. It's just going to take a little bit. There you go. And mm-hmm. if anybody wants to get in touch with you, what's a good social media or what have you? Yes, yeah, certainly. So they can track me down through email at chat at battlebornecomics.com. Uh, we also have a Battleborn Comics Facebook page. Um, if they want to come there, we have a messaging section. They can direct message us through there. Uh, if they just want to talk to me as as just Chad, I would say probably uh, the chat at Battleborn Comics is the best place to track me down. Awesome. There we go. All right, Chad. Well, thank you again so much for coming on the show. And I appreciate Paul, you guys' time. <laughs> for co-hosting. All right. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to leave a review and spread word of mouth, that's always appreciated. Uh, once again, I'm Justin Sloan. You can find my books on Amazon. And I'm Paul Zeidman. You can check out my screenwriting blog, MaximumZ.blog. I'm also on Twitter at Maximum underscore Z. And uh, I've got books on Amazon, too. Uh, my Go Ahead and Ask series, interviews about screenwriting and pie, volume one already out, volume two coming out next week in both paperback and ebook form. Very exciting stuff. As he said, he's Justin. I'm Paul. This has been the Creative Writing Life podcast. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, go write something. <laughs>